Hi, my name is Dan Peterson. I'm here at Canoe Copia with Joe, and he asked me about my experience with staying at Tuscarora Lodge and Outfitter. Uh, Ada and Andy are excellent to work with. They're extremely informative throughout the entire year. Uh, they provide ice out reports, fishing reports, uh, drought reports, fire, everything that supports the entire paddling community. Uh, so that was one of the things that really drew me to stay with them uh, when I was going up the Dunflint Trail. Did a trip last year, had a great experience where we got up late. We stayed in the cabin, uh, which was just a simple bunkhouse, but it was a dry and clean place to sleep. Uh, then had breakfast the next morning, um, French toast and fresh fruit with some good coffee. It was strong and black and not brown and weak. Um, took off on the trip the next day and it, it really helped us leapfrog the adventure and spend more time out there paddling in the wilderness. Uh, so they, they were helping us set up for success. Um, actually, we did rent a canoe from them, and that was an excellent experience, too. I would work with them again in the future. Um, I think they, they do a good job supporting the community uh, and also the region. So glad to have them up there and would bring them my business again in a heartbeat. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters and it's, it was really cool, it was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars, I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode 87 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm here with Matthew Baxley. And I'm here with Joe Fredericks for the next Paddler Profile. Well, who are we going to hear about today? I mean, I've been so enamored with these profiles you've been doing from Brian Ansel to Bear Paulson and just this lineup you've been telling me about, uh, Sam Cook. I mean, all these people. Who's up? Well, speaking of a Paulson... Many folks know the famed Bear Paulson, but maybe lesser known is Bear's sister, Wendy Paulson, an incredibly experienced, influential person in our paddling community, but lesser known in the shadow of such a literally large figure. <laughs> All right. Bear the towering paddler. I mean, he's also just so well known through North Star Canoes and the company, but his feats that he's accomplished in his epic paddles and winter camping trips that we've talked about. People know Bear in the paddling community. It's an easy way to put it. We did hear a little bit from Wendy in Bear's paddler profile, but today's profile is all about Wendy's evolution as a paddler and as, uh, as a human who has taken it upon herself to mentor and uh, sort of escort 
numerous folks into a more confident relationship with paddling in the boundary waters. Including the person who is going to lead us into this story about Wendy, which is someone we've had on the podcast, Michelle Kwan. We heard from Michelle on episode 52 of the podcast so a couple seasons ago, and her experience is getting introduced to the Boundary Waters, and she mentioned Wendy in, in that discussion, and she's going to lead us into the story today. Let's hear from Michelle. Wendy was like this person sent to me that I didn't even know I needed. You know, she's the whole reason I got connected to the outdoors, specifically the Boundary Waters, and which I didn't realize at the time when I met her was going to lead me down this like amazing trail of adventure and, and outdoor experiences. And in a way that was going to challenge me every step that I would take, you know, it's one thing going car camping, but it's another thing taking a canoe and all your food and gear up into the boundary waters for, for seven to 10 days and going as far and deep into the boundary waters, you know, to the Canadian border as you can. My name is Wendy Paulson. I am definitely a Minnesotan. I've lived many, many places and traveled a lot um, and spent years living other places all across the Midwest and the West and even stints in Latin America and traveled in Borneo and places like that. But I came back to home. I love Minnesota. I love the lakes. I love the water. I love the forests. And it's family and it's a good place to be. And, and we have the Boundary Waters to go to and that is definitely a huge anchor of me being here having it so nearby. You know, I was a five-year-old in dance class and I, you know, you had to wear these great outfits that five-year-olds have to wear when they're in a dance recital, little tutus and fluffy things and lace. And I don't know what all I had on, but I do remember that there was a big hat. There was some kind of big hat with a bow that tied on my head. And at five, the most disturbing thing on the planet was that I couldn't wear my hat because I had so many black fly bites all over my head that every time I wore it, it would bleed. <laughs> and I didn't care. I wanted to wear the hat, you know. It didn't matter to me <laughs> that I had bites all over my head. <laughs> and that, yeah, that going to the wilderness was normal. That's that's what we did every summer as a family. And um really, you know, special experiences. You, you, you remember the experiences with your, my, our cousins were there and swimming around islands and digging holes in the sand beach and huge rocks. And we would spend just hours pouring water down the rocks. <laughs> you know, the things that entertained us. Because <laughs> I didn't do a lot of um, wilderness travel in middle school, actually very little in middle school, high school, um, until after college um, that I, I went off and became a, a normal kid who, in our culture, who wanted to dress nice and be cool and was concerned about what other people thought of me. And, you know, doing something out in the wilderness and the woods was not um, something I necessarily wanted to talk about and, and do so much. Um, you know, to the extent that one of the few trips I did in 
high school with my dad and my brother um, was we did go back to that area again in Ontario. And, and it was um, on that trip, I can remember, that's the first one I'd had in a while. And I was, I don't know if I was maybe a sophomore in high school. I was so concerned about image and the things that high schoolers are worried about. How are we dressed? Are we wearing the right brands? Do we look the right way? Are we acting the right way? That I was allowed very little things to take with me other than, you know, the clothes that we needed. And yeah, I don't remember if I had a book or anything, but I remember that I knew I wasn't allowed to take in hairspray and I knew I wasn't allowed to take in a razor and I snuck those in because I thought I had to have those in the wilderness while I was canoe camping. <laughs> I don't even know if I used them. I, I tried my darndest to be a very normal kid and it, you know, it took a while for me to embrace it myself. Um, to come back around and want to do it on my own and want to grow into it. And that was very much my brother um, who was doing it on his own and started taking me along. <laughs> you know? I mean, I did want to go. I wanted to go with my brother. I wanted... Really where I started doing my own trips more so was I moved up to Montana. Um, I moved a lot of places, but I spent the longest in Montana and I took my canoe out there. And there's not a lot of canoes in Montana. <laughs> But given that I have a brother who's in a canoe company, I, I had a Royal X tandem canoe and I needed to bring that because, you know, what else do you do if you're from Minnesota? You canoe, right? <laughs> and um, what, I, what I started to learn once I was out there was, well, this is my boat now. I have my own boat. And I guess that means I'm going to I'm going to learn how to stern it because I don't want anybody else who doesn't know how to paddle a boat to be in the stern. This is really silly for me to put somebody else back there. I at least know how to paddle in the bow. You know, I can figure this out. <laughs> and there's a lot of rapids and water, uh, you know, moving water, rivers out there, not a lot of lakes. So I just started inviting friends to go paddling with me because I wanted to paddle. I wanted to be on water. And I slowly started learning how to stern a boat. I had never learned that, you know, women just don't typically learn that when you go with males, just part of the deal. We're smaller overall, not always, but often we're smaller. You sit in the front of the boat, it makes sense for the balance. And I, you know, mostly had traveled with my brother, or, you know, mostly with him and he's quite a bit bigger than I am. So he's always in the back. Um, so I, yeah, I'd never learned to stir in a boat, but I started inviting people along and learning how to paddle down rapids and learning how to um, recover from flipping on rapids. <laughs> yeah, I just, I wanted to not expose the boat to, you know, especially big Montana rivers to, I wanted to be able to be the one to say, oh, nope, we're gonna pull over. We're not gonna do that. Maybe we're gonna portage. And I just didn't have anybody who knew how to paddle. So I decided I'd be the one. <laughs> And in that process too, I also realized that, okay, so when you start to learn how to stern a boat, you're often the last person to get out in the rapids or in, in moving water. And so that's when I started to learn to hold the boat differently, to control a little bit more, and also to be the one to take it out of the water, because often I'd be the last one in the water. And I started to realize I'd, I'd never learned to flip a canoe. I'd watch people do it. I'd sort of maybe been shown it, but I'd never really done it. And so I just decided, well, I guess I have to be the one to learn to do this. Okay, I'm gonna flip my boat, you know? And it wasn't a small boat, it was a you know, 65 pound Royal X boat. That was pretty powerful to learn that, yeah, I could do that, <laughs> exactly. And I only so much thought of myself as in charge, you know, I, I, I'm not a natural leader, I'm not, I, I, 
one of the things that I, I realized along the way over the years is I like to call myself a well-trained chicken. I'm a total scaredy cat. That is my natural self. But I have been so well-trained, by, especially by my brother, of doing all these adventures that, like, you know, no, I'm scared of the trap. No, we just went down that. Or I'm scared to hike in the dark. Well, we just did that. Or I'm scared to paddle in the dark. Well, we just did that. Um, you know, the things that just kind of pushed my edge over the years made me realize, like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still a chicken, but I'm very well-trained and I can do a lot. <laughs> she would tell me, she goes, you know, I am deathly afraid of everything bear makes me do. But I, I know that I'm safe because, you know, I get to follow Bear. But that doesn't mean that she's not, you know, she's not shaken behind him. And 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 I and I see that that grow that grew on her over the years, because when I go on trips with her, there's this like uncertainty when we kind of decide, I think we can push a little further. I think we can go through this this old trail that used to be a trail because it's on the map, but they on the new maps, it's not there anymore because they're closing it off. But we can bushwhack through that. That's, that's okay. We did a three-week fly-in trip on the Wind River. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we were told it was world-class, and it, it's gorgeous. It's deep crystal glacial blue water that flows fast, fast water. And it's surrounded by mountains. It's surrounded by grizzlies and wolves and dull sheep and caribou all over the place. And it is, it's powerful country. It is so remote. You really can only get there by flying in. Um, I mean, maybe there's another way, but not for the short, shortness of a trip we did. And there's a lot of rapids on it. That's all pretty well class two, but it's, you know, class two wilderness at 30 some degree water. And luckily we had nice temperatures in the during the day, we had really nice weather on that trip. That was, yeah, epically, epically gorgeous. <laughs> Terrified of the grizzlies. Oh, gosh, on the Wind River. Terrified of prints that were bigger than my foot, you know, longer than my foot. You know, huge, round, basketball-sized prints in the, in the mud. And, oh, terrified. <laughs> but so glad I did it. So glad I did it. I mean, I've done a, we did do the, in Saskatchewan, Northern Saskatchewan, we did the Brassy River. Um, the water found in the Brassy Rivers are just, they're gorgeous rivers as well. There's like ledge rocks and a lot of fun rapids. That, that was definitely a, a good experience in rapids. We went with skirted boats, not, not float bags or anything, but skirted boats um, just to keep the water out because there was that many, the rapids splashed that much and there were that many of them. And it was just that remote, you know, that was an interesting trip too, where we were told ahead of time that the, the it's black bears, but that they were really aggressive. And that's the first time I'd had experience with aggressive black bears, really, <laughs> where we had one that decided it was going to come into camp and it was going to visit us and it wanted to eat breakfast and we managed to scare it away. But we had an all night bear watch that night as we just couldn't sleep. Nobody, nobody was gonna be able to sleep. So we all wow. stayed up, waited because the bear, we could see it off in the distance. It wasn't gonna leave. It was just gonna watch us until we said, we weren't paying attention. We were, we were at least a week out still of, of paddling. So yeah, no, we needed to keep our food. <laughs> Sometimes what is keeping us from that next peak is really that little bit of fear. And that's all it is. That's all it is. It's just our mind telling us it's scary. But once we get there, we go, oh, that wasn't so bad. That was actually kind of fun. And that's what Wendy, like, 
emulate. It's that like, see, that it was worth it. It was worth it to take that challenge. It was worth it to kind of overcome that fear as long as we really kind of think about, you know, we're not doing this recklessly. And that's one of the great things about going on adventures with Wendy. It's always, I'm always like, where are we going, Wendy? And she's like, I'm thinking about this and this and this. And I go, perfect. There's no like, there's no set plan. It seems like Hannah has an idea and I'm like, great, I'm along for the ride. You know, you learn to be confident and strong in what you can do and that your body can do different things and how much you can push yourself. And also that there's, there's an edge then it's okay to say that that's just too much. I'm not enjoying it anymore. <laughs> I, or I won't enjoy that. I don't think <laughs> done enough to figure out that there's things I won't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I started doing trail clearing trips. I joined in with the Boundary Waters Advisory Committee and one thing led to another and a group of us started doing our own trips. And that's where I started realizing that I could lead a trip. It had just never really dawned on me that I, oh, I could lead a trip up there. Why not? <laughs> so I started, you know, coordinating these trail clearing trips to various places, um, mainly on the Sioux Hustler in the beginning and then the powwow. One of the trail clearing trips, um, one of the couples who was part of the group um, wanted to do a fall trip. And I said, yeah, we'll try a fall trip. We had always gone in spring and May. And um, we we'd invited people and everybody started falling off. Nobody was, you know, people who said they were going to go couldn't go for whatever reason. And it was down to the three of us. And they really wanted to backpack on the Sioux Hustler. And I was determined to canoe. <laughs> I'd had a bit of a knee injury and I thought, you know, I'd rather be in a canoe. I'm not going to be carrying a backpack the whole time. I can just briefly, you know, I'll be portaging still, but it's not quite as intense on the knees. And so, and I couldn't talk them into into canoeing with me. So they decided they were going to hike the Sioux Hustler. And I said, well, fine, I'm going to paddle it. And I'm lucky enough to be related to Bear, who got me Ted Bell's personal canoe to take. <laughs> so, so, so out I went with this wonderful magic, never having paddled a magic before. Yeah. <laughs> and I solo paddled in, thinking, well, partially I could meet friends. Because this is my first solo trip out there, and that made me feel a little better about going, I'm going to meet people. Actually, I have a pretty funny story. On the first, second portage, I think it is, when you're going from um, the river onto lower, upper Pontus, there's a beautiful portage that drops down through cedar trees and pine trees and there's waterfalls and some drops and just a gorgeous portage. And this is October, early October, as I recall. And it, there was supposed to be rain coming. So I was hurrying and I was pretty tightly packed. Um, you know, I, I've, I've got, I've got pretty nice gear by this point. Um, I think I was doing a portage. I, I was not single portaging because it's my first solo trip and it's fall. I think I was doing two portages, but I, I trekked through with my little backpack and the magic and wandered down the portage. And along the way, um, I, I happily was not intimidated. There were a group of eight or nine guys all traveling together. And they, they were all across this portage spread out. Their stuff was everywhere. <laughs> piles of things here and there and around and you know dropping paddles and two of them carrying a canoe in places and I kept passing them by here's me with my magic and my backpack on <laughs> walking along with one hand on the canoe and I just remember them saying you, you, you've only got one hand on the canoe how, how, how is that even possible <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, luckily I didn't, you know, it, it was a very comfortable situation and on I went. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was my first solo canoe trip. Um, I've only done a couple, but those are very empowering. Um, yes. And it was just letting it happen that it, I, I didn't want to back out. I still wanted to go. And so I decided I would try it. And yeah. And I never found my friends and we never met up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out it rained so much on their second day in that they got soaked. They turned around and went home. And I had a lovely trip. So I, you know, I learned that I could do this and I learned how much I love the magic. What an amazing boat that I got one myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I took a trip. Um, this was a fun one where I went up through Brule and um, around the Temperances and into Cherokee and came around Winchell and that loop. And I did it on a four day weekend. It was right on the solstice and I didn't have a watch. <laughs> I didn't realize I was waking up at like 4.30 in the morning and I would get going and I would paddle and paddle and paddle and paddle and just have this wonderful trip. And I, I, I actually had to stop because I was going too fast. <laughs> I paddled out thinking it was going to be, you know, like four or five o'clock at night. And I got out at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I should have stayed longer. <laughs> so yeah, it was those experiences that I learned to lead trips really, that I, that I had the skills to do it. I just, I didn't recognize that beforehand. I was invited on a women's trip um, uh, of some friends who had organized it. They did it for two years in a row and I loved it. It was wonderful to go with all women. And then they stopped organizing it. And I, I thought, gosh, I want to keep going with women. You know, I, I love traveling with anybody, right? I, I don't need to just travel with women, but there is something very empowering about just going with women um, and different in terms of we've, we do, there's not somebody who's going to be the one who picks up the boat, who's just gonna come in and pick up the heavy pack or whatever it is. Like, we're all gonna do it together and we're gonna figure it out. And so, yeah, I just started inviting friends and really like bringing someone new along and exposing someone who might not otherwise have the opportunity, especially. After going a few times, I started realizing that I had more skills to offer too, to women in particular. It took me a little while to realize that, that, you know, I've been on enough big water and enough wind and waves that there are not a lot of people who are good at that. There are very few women who will do that by themselves, who feel confident to go out and, and especially in wind and waves and, and big lakes, you know, on, on knife or sag or lac LaCroix or, you know, any of these, the big ones that you can really get blown hard. <laughs> And I realized that, I mean, that I, over the years, I've just developed that skill without even quite realizing it. You know, I was comfortable with it from my experience in the bow of the boat, but I learned the stern. And then I started realizing that there just are not, even a number of women who know how to stern a boat, don't do it in wind and waves. And, and learning that comfort of being able to take hold and power through stuff and how empowering that is. So I've gotten a, one friend in particular, Michelle, who you've interviewed, who's really gotten quite good at it now. She's, she's been amazing. Um, and it's been fun watching her grow and, and really learn that um, and figuring out how to teach her too. <laughs> the first trip I ever took with her was um, a trail clearing trip, which was, you know, now that I think about it, it was about 10 years ago, um, just crazy to think. She just was so open and willing to kind of 
get me geared up for this first trip because I'd never done anything like that. And she was just like, yeah, I'm going to loan you some gear. We're going to talk about food. And even while I was on the trip, you know, I had all these questions and she was so she was such a great teacher. You know, she I would ask these questions that this probably the city girl who's I'm like, I don't know anything. And I'm asking her all these silly questions. And she was so patient with me, you know, and over the years, she kept inviting me along to more and more trips. You know, I was so honored when she finally invited me to the all women's trip in the summer. And all that first trip, I remember looking at at all the women who are, you know, easily 10, 15, 20, 30 years older than me. And they're, we're going up to the border. We're out here for like 10 days. And I remember thinking on halfway through the trip, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be like these women. When I'm in my 60s and 70s and retired, I want to go on these adventures. And knowing that like, I can do that into my into my um, older age. And they were just so wise. Um, but because of that, that has opened me up into like wanting to also lead other groups of folks into the boundary waters. You know, Wendy's kind of leadership and teaching me all the ropes. And and one couple years into our, our boundary water trips, we'd go on two or three boundary water trips a year. I kind of brought up to her, I said, it would be really cool to see more folks like me up here. And so we started brainstorming and figuring out ways we can do that. And she was so gracious enough to offer to help me lead some of these more diverse groups of folks. For our women's trip, we try to keep it, you know, all women, um, because there's some power behind that of just seeing, you know, two canoes of like all women (laughs) through the boundary waters. You don't see that very often. You know, with the trail clearing trip, offering to help me co-lead some BIPOC folks up there. And so, you know, she she sees that need to diversify the boundary waters and her willingness to help me kind of facilitate that has been really powerful and really supportive too. There was one trip on, it was actually on Knife Again, where we were paddling along and I was sterning about and another friend was sterning about and they, they just got blown into shore and were scared and ended up stopping and you know they they made the a good call that they couldn't handle it but i hadn't even realized that that was like oh i i didn't realize this was hard <laughs> okay okay there's something i can teach here <laughs> there's something i do have to offer um and i hadn't realized it before that um and it's it's fun to to be able to travel hard too you know and not be not have to feel reserved because you don't have the skills to do it to say yeah we can still do a good trip. You know, we can, we can move, we can single portage, we can, you know, carry what we need to carry all ourselves. Um, and, and we can do, you know, we can, we can be strong and confident. It's fun to see people learn that they can do these things. It, it's kind of, it's like that domino effect, right? You know, first going on all the trips with Wendy and watching her and and as I slowly get more confident in in navigating with her you know I've even talked about doing a couple solo trips up in the boundary waters myself and Wendy's always going yeah you can do it so she's always pushing me to kind of step outside of my boundaries and and that has allowed me to feel more confident in the wilderness because like I said I grew up in the city like the park down the block was the closest thing to wilderness I was really getting growing up. So I didn't grow up with like this knowledge and this skill set. And so having Wendy teach me all of that and making me feel really confident about it, because, you know, even when she was leading the trips, 
she wasn't the type of leader who was just going to say, I'm going to do all the work and you guys just follow. You know, she was always encouraging us to kind of lead and she would give us the map and let us navigate. And there would be a couple of times where she let us kind of go the wrong part of the lake. And then we say, I think we're on the wrong side. I think we're supposed to be over there. And she goes, yep, we are. And we're like, Wendy, you let us detour this way. And she goes, well, if I tell you, you're never going to learn. Now you're going to say, okay, I never want to paddle that extra, you know, out of the way. Um, and, and, it, and again, that's part of like that teaching of like, hey, you can make mistakes out here and it will be okay because you will figure it out. became a, I realized I'm, I'm a fish as well. <laughs> I think I've got some fish genes. <laughs> I've always loved to swim, but it was actually a Boundary Waters trip. I think it was the first trip I took people I really didn't know very well. That And there were, it was a couple women that I had met. And one thing I just happened to say, do you want to go to the Boundary Waters? And so I organized a trip and I took them. They were great. One of them was a triathlete. I, and I didn't know her very well, but we woke up the first morning and looked out and the, the other woman and I had gotten up and we're just talking for a moment and realized that this other woman was missing. We didn't know where she was. We were camped on an island on Cherokee and we're looking around and we can't, we don't see her anywhere. She's not in her tent. You know, she's doesn't, it's an island. It's not very big. And then we look out the lake and she's about a mile away swimming on Cherokee. <laughs> yeah. Having a morning swim. And then I had never, I just never thought, oh yeah, I could just swim across a huge lake in the wilderness. I mean, I certainly swam around islands. I've certainly played Frisbee and, you know, jumped in and out and dove and played, but I never thought about swimming across the lake. And I don't know, this, this other woman and I just looked at each other and said, why don't we go out there? Yeah, let's go. Let's go find her. That sounds like fun. So we did it. And, and it was just a very freeing, empowering experience of realizing I, I can swim safely without feeling scared of being in the middle of a deep lake in the middle of the wilderness where nobody can come and save you. Um, you know, even if they wanted to, <laughs> canoe's not going to get there that fast. <laughs> but that freedom of being just comfortable paddling around for hours in, in a lake is is gorgeous it's beautiful it's freedom there is something about uh, i'm a breaststroker <laughs> i just love the breaststroke partially because i love being totally under the water and just gliding i love that gliding free feeling and it, it is it's it can be effortless almost. I mean, I can I can swim hard and it can be a workout, but I can also just swim like I'm going for a walk. And it's very peaceful and it's very meditative and it's very relaxing and it's very connecting. You know, I just feel very connected to the the wilderness and the earth. Yeah, and it's it's been neat to find how many people love to swim and love that freedom and, and enjoyment of, of being up there and that the water, oh, oh, it's just, the water's so different. Each lake is different too. And you start to feel the difference of the water when you're in it. Um, the clearer lakes, the, the we, we were on knife last summer. That is, yes, the silkiest, smoothest, most gorgeous water. Absolutely gorgeous water. I, yeah. I love other lakes, but I think that's my new favorite lake to swim in. I mean, it's probably part of where friends and I have started saying when we go to the Boundary Waters that we're not going away, we're going home.
And there's something, Wendy, about all of those ingredients in your story that it makes the most sense to me why you would feel so passionate about sort of um, what it takes to to bring people in mm-hmm. to experience this deep powerful thing that is the boundary waters and swimming and connecting and empowering because you know what it's like to be afraid and you know what it's like to move through fear and have the reward of all of those things those life-changing deeply spiritual experiences and you want to help other people have it i do i do that's beautifully said Beautifully said, Matthew. Yeah, that is exactly. It's just allowing people to have that ex- some of that experience too. I've gotten so much of it. I'm so lucky, and just by virtue of being born in the right place, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, developing that that awareness of ourselves. It's, yeah, very much a spiritual inner awareness that we can get from from wilderness experience wonderful profile of wendy paulson really appreciate hearing about swimming uh, last summer on an episode last fall it was actually when we were up with cousin jeff and my buddy bill from oregon cousin jeff swam out to the island on this lake that we were camped on and I paddled alongside in the canoe just for safety reasons, essentially. But it really was such a beautiful thing to see swimming in the boundary waters. Matthew, you and I have jumped in almost every time we get to camp. One of the first things we do in the spring, summer, fall is leap into the lake. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's not the type of swimming that Wendy was sharing about. But it sure gets me thinking because I love to swim. I don't know why I haven't brought a pair of goggles and done more swimming. Exactly. My favorite thing about the stories on the podcast, but these profiles especially, is the way that I get inspired by them. These people's, the things they do, and not just introducing others to the wilderness. Yes, great. Swimming for miles around a Boundary Waters lake. Now that's on my to-do list here real soon. Right. Maybe I'll paddle alongside you. You should swim. (laughs) We're fine. I'll wear my life jacket. I just sing when I paddle Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true We're gonna get through to the other side Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Rule me, rock me in my dreams You can roll me, rock me I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around the campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light 